This is K.M. Wyland, and you're listening to the 484th episode of the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast. Before we get started today, I wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that my ebook, Five Secrets of Story Structure, which is kind of an unofficial sequel to Structuring Your Novel, is now available on audiobook, narrated once again by the amazing Sonia Field. You can think of Five Secrets of Story Structure as kind of more of an advanced look at story structure than what is introduced in Structuring Your Novel, although I definitely recommend starting with Structuring Your Novel to get the big picture first. It's a short book, just a little over an hour on audio, and you can grab it off Amazon for just $6.95, and if you're not an Audible member, you can even grab it for free by signing up. Anyway, I now hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, 23 Tips for a zero-waste home office. A little over a year ago, I decided to create a more sustainable zero-waste lifestyle. As a writer, time at the desk is a huge part of my life, so figuring out how to create a zero-waste home office was a priority from the beginning, and honestly one of the easiest parts of my life to hack. Although for quite some time I have been slowly sliding into a more responsible awareness, I didn't fully understand the importance of my shopping choices and waste contributions until I started trying to find more routine household products that could be reused instead of tossed. For example, handkerchiefs instead of tissues. About a year ago, I made a personal commitment to produce as little trash as possible, especially plastic trash, which basically sticks around forever and ever. Since then, I've eliminated as much of my trash as possible via some of the tips I'm going to talk about in just a minute, and I've tried to be as responsible as possible in disposing of unavoidable waste via composting and recycling. When I made these commitments, I expected to feel good about myself, maybe live a healthier life, and hopefully make the world a better place, as my sister is always telling her kids. What I didn't expect was that I would love the zero-waste lifestyle. Seriously, I am a total addict. I love the simplicity and the beauty that comes to the forefront of my life as I've become more mindful of my lifestyle choices. I love that I've eliminated ugly plastic quote-unquote essentials like shampoo bottles and dish brushes from my life. I love that I have an easy metric that helps me decide not to buy junk I don't need. It's weird, but I even love washing out bottles and cans before putting them in the recycling bins. Now, there are still challenges I'm working on. I'm not zero waste, if there really is such a thing. Particularly, I'm still trying to figure out how to buy food with way less packaging. Although I recycle most of my quote-unquote non-recyclable kitchen waste through a company called TerraCycle, I realize it's still not as sustainable as avoiding the packaging in the first place. Still, I'm pleased that so far I've reduced my actual send it to the landfill trash to on average one tiny bag a month. Which is all to say there are a lot of heavy duty reasons why it's important for all of us to be more mindful of the waste we're creating. But for me, the top reason is joy. I love this lifestyle. For me, it's a move toward health, making conscious waste choices is no different from making conscious eating choices. They both require discipline and some self-growth, but they're both deeply rewarding. Anyway, enough preaching. For those interested, I promised last winter that I'd share a post about my top suggestions for creating a zero-waste home office. For me, 
the office was one of the easiest transitions to make since I was already creating very little waste in that area of my life. But here are my tips for making sustainable choices in your writing life. For starters, number one, highlighter pencils. I outline longhand in a notebook and use a color-coded highlighting system to organize my notes. But highlighters, of course, are plastic and toxic. Fortunately, a super easy switch to make is to highlighter pencils. These are basically just giant colored pencils, but they work just as well as markers. Number two, aluminum pencil sharpener. I bummed mine off my mom, who might have gotten it from my granddad. Instead of buying a big plastic sharpener, I keep this one handy for topping off my pencils. I also have a wooden sharpener that came with my highlighter pencils, which was great since they're too fat for the standard sized sharpener. Number three, stainless steel scissors. Ditch the plastic handles for an all steel version. I haven't actually made this switch myself because somehow I already own a bazillion scissors, which in itself is a good reminder to use what you have, even if it's plastic, instead of buying something new just because it's zero waste. Number four, paper tape. Most tape is plastic. Whether you're mailing review copies of your books or just taping the flap on an envelope that just won't stick, opt for a paper alternative for packing and wrapping. I haven't made this switch yet either, but well, as soon as I use up my current supplies. Number five, compostable phone case. When I finally got a smartphone last year, and yes, I was the last person on the planet to get one, I bought a wooden case off Etsy. I thought it was a better alternative, but half of it ended up being plastic. So when I next need a case, which will be a bummer because I totally love the one I have, I will be looking into compostable options, such as what you can find from Pila, which are made from eco-friendly materials that you can compost. Number six, ebooks. Although digital downloads aren't without their own footprint, it's clear that ebooks don't require the same output of physical resources as do paperbacks and hardcovers. I'm not a solid ebook user. I also use paperback swap and of course the library, but when I'm buying new, I generally opt for the digital version. Number seven, wooden coasters. Gotta have my coffee or kombucha when I'm writing. And there are lots of good options available for coasters, including odds and ends found around the house if you're so inclined. If you're buying new, opt for natural materials such as wood instead of plastic. Number eight, beeswax candles. I use a big three wick candle for dream zoning when it's too cold or windy for an outside fire. And I like to have a small candle in the corner of my vision when writing in the evenings or reading in the mornings. My research tells me beeswax candles are far and away the healthiest choice for both myself and the planet. In regards to health, soy wax is a decent runner up, although its footprint is often problematic depending on how it was sourced. If the candle doesn't tell you what it's made from, then it's probably made from paraffin, a petroleum byproduct, or other chemicals. Also look for cotton wicks as some others contain lead. Number nine, wooden and natural fiber decor. In decorating your office, opt for furniture and decor made from natural materials, especially if you're buying new. Look for hardwood furniture, not MDF or laminate, which are constructed with chemicals such as formaldehyde. If you need a rug, avoid polypropylene and nylon, aka plastic, and opt instead for wool, cotton, or jute. For decor, shop used, 
such as antique typewriters, or find non-plastic alternatives, such as books. Number 10, recycled pencils. Pencils, in general, aren't so bad since they're primarily made from wood, but if you need to stock up, why not choose pencils made from recycled newspaper, for example? Recycling your own trash is great, but the process only works if we're also purchasing recycled materials. Number 11, recycled notebooks. You could, of course, opt out of using notebooks altogether in favor of no paper options like your computer and phone. But come on, we writers love our notebooks. So instead of kicking the habit, although it is a good idea to only buy notebooks when you actually need them, you can make a conscious choice to find recycled alternatives. Avoid plastic covers, which include faux leather choices. I got some big fat mead recycled notebooks for outlining and a slim, plain version for my monthly budgeting. Number 12, recycled address book. Technically, you could use one of the above notebooks if you need it for something like addresses, but you could also opt for a sweet little recycled version made especially for the purpose. Number 13, fountain pen. Try to choose tools that you can either reuse or refill. When writing those longhand outlines, I've always used an ergonomic pen and I love it, but it goes through ink cartridges like nobody's business. When I mentioned in my New Year's Goals podcast that I was thinking about trying a refillable fountain pen, awesome reader Glenn Cox sent me a pen and a bottle of ink. I haven't completely made the transition, but I am committed to getting there. Number 14, stapleless stapler. Staples aren't plastic, but they do interfere with recycling, so be sure to remove them before putting paper in the bin. Plus, if you can staple your papers without a staple, why not? I got my stapleless stapler off eBay since all the newer options seem to be made of plastic. I'll never have to buy or reload staples again, which is totally fine with me. Number 15, use junk mail for scratch paper. Although I try to reduce unnecessary mail as much as possible, I still get the inevitable credit card offers, etc. After cutting out and throwing away the plastic address windows, I do recycle what paper I can't use, and I save the smaller scraps for scratch paper. Sometimes I'll even cut up the bigger pieces to create little scene cards for outlines. Number 16, save rubber bands. Occasionally, the mail carrier will strap all my mail together with a rubber band. I always save them against that rainy day when I really need a rubber band. Number 17, use old devices. I still have a second gen iPad, the first one I ever bought. The hardware is too old to play nice with the latest iOS updates, and I've been thinking about replacing it for years. But the truth is I only use it to run the Scrivener app when outlining away from my computer, and that still runs fine. So why replace it? E-waste is a huge problem. Resist all those commercials telling you to buy a new phone, tablet, computer, just because there is a new one. Instead, use every last drop of juice in the ones you have, and then dispose of them responsibly. Number 18, buy used. I have several rules of thumb I use when deciding what and how to purchase. The first rule is to wait. I don't have an official time limit, but unless it's an item I really need, I try not to buy things the minute I put them on my list. I think about it for a while until I'm sure I really do need it and that I'm making the best choice for what to buy and how to buy it. The second rule is to avoid plastic, both in the product itself and often more sneakily in the packaging. 
as I mentioned a minute ago, I look for non-plastic alternatives. One example is when I needed a laptop stand, I bought a wooden alternative from Etsy. The third rule is that when I can't find a non-plastic alternative, and sometimes even then, I buy used. I shop garage sales in the summer, buy clothes secondhand, mostly from ThreadUp, and look to eBay before I go to Amazon. Number 19, request no plastic shipping. Although I try to buy locally whenever possible, the fact that I'm super picky about what I buy and how it's packaged means I often end up looking online. And there are several problems with purchasing from the internet. One is the carbon footprint created by the packages need to be transported to my door. And the other problem is that one of my biggest remaining sources of trash comes from plastic mailers and packaging. Whenever possible, I shop from responsible sources that don't use plastic packaging, such as Package Free Shop, Wild Minimalist, Refill Revolution, Fat in the Moon, The Good Fill, Tiny Yellow Bungalow, and Life Without Plastic. When this isn't possible, such as when I'm shopping on eBay or Etsy, I always try to remember to add a note to the seller requesting they ship without plastic, if at all possible. More often than not, sellers are happy to oblige. Number 20, use power strips you can turn off when not in use. Phantom energy refers to the energy some devices pull just from being plugged in. Anything that runs on a remote, features a light, or uses a big wall wart plug may be pulling power even when not in use. A good way to combat this for your pocketbook, as much as anything, is to either unplug unused devices, think your toaster, or plug into a power strip you can turn off. And this is great for big devices such as your computer and TV. My TV strip is on only when I'm watching something in the evenings, and my computer strip is on only during the workday. And while you're at it, get strips that will protect your devices against power surges. Number 21, borrow equipment when possible. I do not own a printer or a scanner. In part, this is because I already hate the things and they hate me back. But it's also because I use them only a few times a year. On the rare occasion when I need to print a contract or something that's just a page or two, I use a relative's. If I have a big printing job, I'll take it to Staples. Number 22, don't print unless absolutely necessary. So the big postscript to the previous tip is to simply avoid printing whenever possible. As noted, I hate printing anyway, so this is not a big sacrifice for me. About once per book, I find I do need to see my words on the page in order to properly edit them, but mostly I edit on the computer or on my Kindle. And when I do need to print, I use an eco font like Sprank Eco Sans, which you can find on font sites like DaFont, which uses less ink than normal fonts. I also downsize the font as much as practical to reduce both ink and paper usage. And number 23 play downloaded music instead of streaming. Everything that happens on our devices and or the internet often seems zero waste, but it's important to remember that even when we play something off the cloud, that data is still being stored on a physical hard drive powered by electricity. So in short, everything we do on the computer requires physical resources of some kind. It's so easy to play music on Pandora, YouTube, or Spotify, instead of off the hard drive. But it requires less resources all around to play music you downloaded once 
rather than music or video that you're constantly streaming. I try to purchase music I like, either a digital download or a used CD, put them on my devices and play off the hard drive instead of streaming. This is not a hard and fast rule for me by any means, but it's something I try to be aware of. So this list is of course far from complete. It's just an inventory of the things I do or try to be aware of in making the lifestyle choices that are best for me and everyone else on the planet. I hope these ideas will inspire you to create or refine your home office into a waste-free paradise. And I'd love to hear your experiences with this. Have you tried a zero waste home office? And do you have any tips to add? If you'd like to be part of the WordPlayer community over on my site and join in the conversation on this subject, be sure to stop by the website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. You can always find a transcript of the most recent podcast and add your voice to the discussion by visiting the first post on the site's homepage. And don't forget that if you're looking for an older post, you can always find those by putting the podcast title in the search field at the top of the right-hand column. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcast. And if you'd like to support helping writers become authors, I would totally appreciate it if you'd consider taking the time to leave a quick rating or review on the Apple site. Thank you so much for listening to the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast, and be sure to check back again next week.